Hello and welcome to What's Brewing in Education. My name is Scott Kuykendall and I am the Stanislaus County Superintendent of Schools. Today we will wrap up the two-part CD Health series and hear about the Lifeguard Initiative. Joining me are Dr. Chris Hawley and Assistant Superintendent Christine Sisko. They will share how the CD program works, how schools can implement this program, and the potential impact CD Health can have with students and school staff. Dr. Chris Hawley, thank you for being here and talking about the new CD wellness program, which really isn't new for you, but the Lifeguard Initiative for the County Office of Education as we try to tackle issues not only with employee wellness, but also more importantly, I think at this point in time, student wellness. So previously, we talked to your partner in crime, Dr. Sam Romeo, um, about some of the concepts um, and some of the history of CD Health. So tell me a little bit about you and why you're so excited um, about what you're working on with oh, us yeah. in Thank partnership. You. Well, thanks. First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, this is fun and fantastic that we get to do this. And yes, of course, I'm excited about CD Health. It's really a lifelong passion uh, for me to uh, start with what's right uh, with people. Uh, I could show you a manual for our mental health diagnoses that's uh, about 500 pages thick. Mm -hmm. That's the Bible of what we use to, to diagnose mental health issues. Uh, the one for physical health issues is even thicker. Mm -hmm. And uh, what drives me is I think a lot of the systems we set up are all about how do we get really sophisticated about addressing what's wrong with you. Uh, and the science behind addressing what's wrong with you is really helpful and really good and the systems we build. But I'm excited about CD because we're really trying together uh, to breadcrumb our way into how do we build a system that's all centered around what's right with you and how can we augment that and how do we help support people in living that out. Uh, so it's not a one-size-fits-all healthcare system, not a one-size-fits-all education system or how you work with students or a class. It's really all about like, wow, look at all these amazing people that have so much goodness within them. They obviously need education and shaping and molding and all the things that normally have to happen. But man, there's just a uh, powerhouse of awesomeness uh, in our schools and in our healthcare clinics. How do, we, how do we pull that out of them uh, and get them to see it for themselves and then live that out in ways that, are, that they never thought were possible? And that's why I love doing what we do, yeah. One of the things that is so powerful, I think, about um, the CED platform is the fact that it's really engaging. And I know that at least with our staff that are currently using it, with check-ins, with the different pieces mm -hmm. that are delivered um, to them, uh, be it, um, you know, I just, you know, I, I just mentioned the check-in piece, mm -hmm. but I mean, there's different challenges and there's, there's lots that go along with it. So two things, mm -hmm. tell me a little bit more about the platform itself. Sure. And then tell me specifically about what is it that you're, how is it that you are wanting people to leverage the platform? Yes. All good questions. Uh, a lot of ways we could talk about that. The, the thing I think we want people to know about technology and our platform in general 
is we're not trying to hook people into a metaverse where they spend all of their time yeah, and we've, we've sell people, ads and yeah, yeah that that job's that. taken. No, yeah. uh, so what <laughs> we want is we have a whole architecture of, of, of a science of what it means to achieve and experience well-being but also really an art uh, and the, the art is different for everybody in, in experiencing uh, their own path to well-being and doing it together. And so the platform uh, is all designed around uh, small bite-sized pieces that help people progress in their journey. We, we like to call the platform a, a place where you go to grow. So when you're in a mood where you go, I need to be a little bit self-reflective, I need to like kind of see, check in how I'm doing, am I doing things the way that I really want to be doing them, am I doing it in a way that's authentic to myself, uh, and give me the tools and information that I need uh, to keep tinkering with my own lifestyle so that it fits with who I am, and am I experiencing the outcomes I really want, am I feeling great or am I not, and what can I do differently? Talk to me a little bit about the check-ins. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked about core values and how everyone um, is unique. Um, we talked about starting from the premise of really, you know, what's right with you. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about the reflective piece, right? Let's talk about the check-ins a little bit. What are you, what are you looking for and how does that work? Yeah, the, the well-being check-in is the simplest and maybe in some ways one of the more profound things. What's really hard is us busy uh, folks, uh, no matter who you are, whether you're a student trying to navigate your world or an adult, uh, it's really hard to take that five, even 10 seconds to stop and reflect and go, how am I doing today? Our eyes are always out elsewhere looking about what's going on in my world, uh, but how am I really doing? So the well-being check-in, literally takes 10 seconds or less, either on the app or on students' Chromebooks or their or web browsers. And they're answering really four questions that anyone can answer because they're so intuitive. How's my energy today? Is it awesome or not so awesome or meh? And we do that not with the word meh, but with smiley faces or okay faces or really sad faces. Uh, so how's my energy? How happy am I with the direction of my day or the direction of my life and how it's going today? Uh, do I feel like I have a sense of belonging? Do I feel like, yeah, I've got a group of people and I belong and this is where I'm, I'm doing what I need to do with who I want to be with? And am I experiencing joy? Uh, that's really the, one of the primary things of well-being. Like, it's one thing to not have diseases, uh, which is a good goal for mental and physical health, but are we experiencing joy in our life? And if we ask ourselves those four simple questions, especially when we do it repetitively, what happens is we start to course correct. These little tiny changes where, where we think, what if I did this differently today? What if I did that differently today? I wonder how that's going to work out for me with my energy, direction, belonging, joy. So really simple. Uh, we give a lottery entry uh, for fun prizes at schools uh, for every time you check in. So there's a little bit of fun incentive with that. And then for people who aren't doing well, uh, who say, I have no energy, I have no uh, no happiness with my direction, uh, no sense of belonging, I feel like I'm, I don't really belong here, and no joy. What we do is we take the burden off uh, 
the expectation that teachers and doctors are going to have the finger on the pulse of every single person in their classroom. Uh, that's just an impossible task. It's an impossible ask. So what happens with the app is if you don't check, when you check in at that very moment of reflection, when people are most open to go, hmm, maybe I need to do something different, we give them resources if they're not doing well. So for a student, that might be a connection to their counselor. That might be uh, whatever resources are appropriate for them, or whether it's an employee that says, hey, I, I need some help. What could I go if I was in uh, wanted to talk to somebody we can connect people 24 7 365 to resources that'll work for them it sounds to me and this is what we've experienced at the county office because our employees are obviously using it more recently our students but there's a lot to learn so we talked about the check-ins mm -hmm. we talked about the reflective pieces so talk about some of the other activities or some of the other information that gets pushed out um, to users on a regular basis. Yeah, we try to uh, put it in a, in a rhythm that makes it easy for people so they're not drinking from the fire hose of information. Uh, so we start with well-being check-ins. First they do their assessment, then the well-being check-ins. And the next thing they start getting about once a week is these CD sinks. And sinks are basically a fun, interesting fact and a call to action where everyone can put that into play immediately. So it might be something about, did you know blueberries help prevent cancer or help improve your mood or something like that. And eat blueberries today. And what happens organically and spontaneously throughout organizations is someone starts spreading out blueberries, someone runs to the store and buys blueberries, and it becomes kind of this living organic thing that happens in organizations when they get that little fun fact. Now, because there's more than 150 factors uh, that affect mental well-being, we can't give those to people all at once. Uh, but with time, in small bite-sized things that they can put into action, uh, that's the best way for people to adopt actually a really complex, deep scientific paradigm, uh, but in little bite-sized pieces. The next thing we do is uh, we give uh, we have monthly themes that focus on those 18 lifestyle practice uh, balls that Dr. Sam uh, mentioned, things that we can do with our world, our body, with our mind and spirit, and each one helps our mental and physical health. And then we have quarterly challenges. So we'll, we'll make an inspiring video that has some inspirational message with some practical action to it. And then people can put those into practice on the platform and in their real life uh, for usually about two weeks uh, are those challenges. And then we do the assessment twice a year uh, to get a big finger on the pulse for how are we doing, how are we shifting, how are we growing, what needs more attention uh, for a population. Okay, so I want to go back to that that assessment, mm -hmm. that twice annual assessment. But before that, just want to emphasize again that the goal here is not to have somebody glued to their screen. The goal is they pick up this little nugget, mm -hmm. this call to action, and then they're putting down their device, and then they're actually going and doing something that's healthy, that, that was going to make them a better person tomorrow than they are today. Absolutely. What we call it is a, we try to create a whirlwind of well-being within an organization. Uh, just like every whirlwind, uh, it starts with really small actions that seem relatively insignificant. So uh, we get our core values, 
issues. We get to start getting inspired by who we are on the inside, which gives us that energy uh, that we check in on daily. And then we start learning more. How do we put our unique values into play in our own lives, which starts to give people this clarity and this direction. Again, one of the four things we check in every day where people go, oh, I'm starting to have some more clarity on how I should live my best life. And then more importantly, it's how do we connect in community and start finding that sense of belonging? Not that we're all the same, we're all really different, uh, but how do we find those common interests or common problems that we're trying to tackle? And how do we find groups of people where, one, I can be accepted for who I am and my value set, you can be accepted for your value set, but together we're gonna bring our unique selves to this problem or challenge or interest that we're trying to do, whether that's joining a baseball team, uh, trying to tackle our exercise, trying to figure out how, how to deal with our emotions, whatever problem we're, we're doing. Those things try to create, those things create belonging. Ultimately, and again, none of that's happening on the platform. That's happening in real life and real schools, uh, which is what we love most. And then most importantly, we hope people are experiencing joy, uh, that they're enjoying this, that they say, hey, you know, this is part of the process in our lives, we do have to stop and smell the roses every single day uh, for this gift that we all have. How do we find joy in the midst of every, we're all gonna have challenges every single day. We call our challenges dragons. Uh, we all have dragons and those dragons can either be our ally if we have a mastered, that different lifestyle area that we have mastered. Maybe it's exercise, maybe it's our, we're good at school, maybe we're good with our mental health or we have spiritual practices that mean a lot to us. That dragon becomes an ally or if we're not paying attention to those areas of our life, that dragon becomes an enemy uh, that can really tear us apart and we have to take those things uh, really seriously. So it's this whirlwind of well-being that people get over years uh, that they're growing, maturing, and becoming a healthier version of themselves. So let's talk a little bit more just about the dragons and the assessment because mm -hmm. I think what's really interesting about the assessment is that you've created a story arc, mm -hmm. right? So as you are Love participating, right? Everybody loves stories. Yeah. I mean, we start, I mean, even as little kids, right? We are just enamored and we just immediately recognize story. So the assessment is really a story arc. Mm -hmm. And as you're going through and you're completing this, you're answering questions, and it probably takes about 20 minutes, I would mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. um, but at the end then, what do you get? What, what do the results tell you? Yeah, it gives you three things. It gives you one, who am I? So in the story, you gotta know who you are as the character. Uh, it doesn't take all your problems away because every character and every story runs into dragons or those types of things, whatever challenges we're facing in our life. Who am I? Uh, what am I doing currently? Uh, and where, and with what I'm doing currently, are those dragons tamed and they're allies and they're working for me? Or in each of those 18 different lifestyle areas, uh, which again, have a lot of factors built into them, more than 150 factors that affect our mental well-being and physical well-being, are those dragons tame, awake, or raging uh, in my life? So you get a really whole person assessment. Uh, we think there's such value in learning to see ourselves as a whole person because then we start living like a whole person. We're not just a mind, not just a body, we're a whole person. And then the final thing you get is you take all that stuff which sounds really complex and there's a lot of complexity to it. Uh, we take it and simplify it down to a single number 
called your whole health experience. And the whole health experience is really, how's all this working out for me? How do I feel uh, today? And if you get a number between zero and 100% and you say, well, I've got an 80%, I think that's really good. And we would tell you that is really good and hard to do. But what if you were 95? What would that feel like? What if you built on this and did something, experienced more whole health uh, in your life? I wonder what that would feel like. Uh, so that's what they get. They get uh, core values. They get an assessment of all of their lifestyle practices, what's working for them, what's not working for them, and then how, what's my experience in totality? Uh, and can I experience more? And what would it look like for me to experience more? And let's talk a little bit about privacy. You know, because from an employee perspective, obviously you don't want everybody and, and their brother necessarily to have that information, right? So I know that, you know, the only reason that um, we're good with our partnership is because that has absolutely been taken care of. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's our ethics as well, too. Right. So just, I mean, from, from yeah. a medical perspective, yeah. I mean, it's HIPAA, you know, it's, it's all of those different compliance issues and, you know, the information is safe, secure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a primary. We no ads. We don't want to sell to outside third parties so that they're reaching out and contacting students or employees. Uh, no, uh, all this stuff is safe and secure. And because of our healthcare background, our engineers—that's uh, their lifeblood. Is how do we protect really private information that should not be spread around? The, and so our whole architecture is really uh, built around the highest levels of security possible. We've got people constantly monitoring that so that we're all safe. And I know that for SCO, um, our employees obviously very much appreciate that. So let's talk a little bit our, about our employees, right, during this pandemic. Now, oh, we actually yeah. started um, with this wellness program in 2019. In the happy, happy days. Happy days. Do you uh -huh. remember that? I, I, I remember them. I mean, not Fonzie necessarily, <laughs> yeah, no. no, but just the days before pandemic. Yes. Um, so we started with our staff prior to that, but during the course of the last two years, we've been able to capture data on our, on our employees specifically, kind of on their wellness. So what did we learn? Yeah, your employee group is incredible, first of all. Uh, and they started off incredible. We didn't make them incredible. They were incredible uh, by nature. Uh, but your well-being right out of the gate in September 2019, uh, when you aggregate everybody who's participating uh, in, in the CD platform, was 77%. And again, if we're 70% uh, is really good, 75% is great, 80% is like, wow, phenomenal. Uh, this is much better than we've seen in other employer groups uh, that we've worked with and we thought wow this is the best group ever and then that was September 2019 January 2020 this rumor starts floating about that maybe there's a virus that might be significant might not be uh, March uh, 2020, and okay, this is definitely real. Uh, we're starting to get shutdowns. April 2020, Zoom is now our lifestyle, and we live on Zoom. And what was amazing is we saw the well-being just plummet uh, in your employees. If you, if I drew out the graph, which you've seen actually the data, uh, the the curve is like this uh, on people's employee well-being. They were their well-being took a real hit uh, during the pandemic. Okay, so we didn't fire you at that point. I was nervous. I'll be honest. <laughs> we were looking at some well cost. We were looking at some cost-saving measures, but ultimately they didn't come about. Right? We were willing to stick with you. Yeah. So what did we learn though? Um, we talked about a lot of those different pieces, the challenges, and um, you know the 
all of the different information that's coming out, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully to engage folks and to um, help them activate um, kind of their inner well-being, right? And kind yes. of get out there and uh, and feel better. So what did we see? What happened? Yeah, it was fascinating what your employees did. Really amazing. So it confirmed the, 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 the technique of giving people just bite-sized pieces that they can start uh, to put in their life today that make a real difference today on how they feel today. And people started taking that stuff pretty seriously and started putting it in practice in their life. And what happened is the well-being scores, while they plummeted by April 2020, uh, by December 2020, the peak of the pandemic, when the numbers were at the worst, hospitalizations, death rates were at the worst, the SCO employees uh, had not only bounced back, they rose to a higher level of well-being uh, than pre-pandemic in September 2019. It was really, really amazing. But wait, what's more amazing is not that just your well-being uh, plummeted and went back up. It's really what your employees did. And that's what was truly incredible. And how they did it uh, was really, really interesting. So talk a little bit about that because we've looked at the data. Um, I know emotionally our employees took a hit. Like it dropped 17%, almost 20% yep. just on the emotional level. Mm -hmm. um, but what did we see that actually improved yeah, a, a lot of things got better. And so the limitation of a lot of approaches to mental health is they focus on let's fix the mind and then the mental health problem will be solved. What your employees demonstrated is that their mental health took a definite dive. Well, then how did their well-being uh, go higher? Uh, it's because they leveraged the other parts of themselves. They did what they put into play what they could control. When we have a terrible thing happen to us, it all affects us incredibly emotionally. There's nothing wrong with that. We're humans. We're emotional creatures. That's a wonderful thing uh, to cry, to be stressed, to be anxious. And then what are we going to do with that? And what they, what the employees did is they started leveraging all the other parts of their life. They started exercising more. Exercise rates went up, I think, about 10%. Uh, they started having thought replacement practices, things like, uh, again, they weren't going to therapy necessarily, but we just teach them these little things like, you know, you can take a negative thought and when you replace it with a positive thought uh, your mind and your mental health starts to improve and you start to feel better even when your emotions are uh, not doing so great uh, they started doing more practices that were meaningful to them that lifted their spirit uh, they worked on their home environment a lot uh, and that helped their their well-being and I think the thing that uh, was most amazing to us is as your employees dug down on who they were as their core, and they started connecting their core values. That went up like 16%. It was almost antithetical to what was happening to their emotional health, or kind of the polar opposite. What happened is they started finding more meaning in who they were and more meaning and purpose uh, at work, which we think is really the, the underlying crisis within this crisis is a lack of meaning and purpose, both for our students, uh, for employees, for us in general. We have no universal framework that all humans can climb onto and go, oh, that's how I can live a life of meaning and purpose that's both unique to me, but also brings well-being to other people, even in all of our diversity. What's been really interesting about this as well is individuals have core values, but we've been able to look at our entire organization and look mm -hmm. at those core values, right? So yes. the, the aggregate mm -hmm. and one of those core values at the county office, which is no surprise to me, but it's really interesting is compassion. Mm -hmm. And you know, and you're talking about how people actually found more meaning and purpose in their work during this time. Um, it's great that we have the data for that, mm -hmm. um, but 
looking back, like it makes perfect sense, right? Because I mean, our our staff is all about taking care of their students and families. So yep. that part, um, it's uh, it's inspiring. To be perfectly honest, it's really cool. Well, well done as an organization choosing all these amazing employees uh, that are <laughs> compassionate. I can't think of a better core value for educators uh, as a leading uh, your leading value. It's really well, amazing. I can think of maybe one more, and another okay. one is fun. So uh, yes. we're a fun group of people. Uh-huh. You're very I mean, fun. I mean, we are a fun uh-huh. group of people. Super fun. Yeah. So you've also partnered, though, with um, some creatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been really impressed with the – you've had some fantastic videos that have come out. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about kind of what's behind all of that and, um, you know, what's what's the – What's the purpose? Yeah, so when when we think content, we think story first, because uh, story is what engages us neurologically. That's when all of our lights light up in our head, and we're like, yes, I'm in. Uh, not to a math problem, but to a story, yes. Uh, we all respond really well uh, to stories. And so we started working with expert stories. Some we brought on our own team, uh, really fantastic storytellers that help us with our content. Uh, some we, uh, we built relationships with. Uh, uh, studios, uh, Quantum Spin Studios is one in particular. Uh, they do a lot of work with some other popular storytellers that are gaining some traction uh, in the world, like Marvel. Uh, oh. And never heard of them. Yeah, help. They help <laughs> the storytelling uh, for like Marvel films and WandaVision and all those crazy storytelling things. So yes, yeah, stories at the heart of what we do to help people move along. When you feel like your life is a wonderful story. Uh, it puts your challenges into context, but also gives you that courage to go, well, I'm not going to just back down. Maybe I can tap into something deeper in myself and actually overcome this. But I'm going to need allies because I got enemies. Uh, we can get this storytelling in our lives, and we tend to live better uh, when we understand ourselves in that context. It's fantastic. So with your permission, I would love at this part of the interview to actually show our audience one of those two-minute videos, just to, so they oh, get sure, a, yeah. they get yeah. a they get an idea of, of what we're talking I'll, about. I'll okay. try not to cry. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, and you try not to cry either. So we'll we'll do that right now. We'll be right back. Roads, the open road, the forest road, the straight road, the windy road, the deserted road, the high road, the road less taken. All of these roads have something in common. They are how we take our journeys. Whether we are on our way to something, to someone, or headed away from. Roads take us places. But they only work when you know two things. One, where you are. And two, where you want to go. Every achievement Every goal, every advancement, every dream is a journey between where you are now and where you want to be. Between what is and what could be. Make no mistake, we are all on journeys somewhere. The question is, are you headed somewhere you want to go? No one chooses to have a bad relationship, a body that doesn't work. A mind that's frazzled or angry, a crushed spirit. But we can all end up there. So what if you were on the wrong road? How would you even know? The good news is, we have a powerful tool. This tool is called reflection. 
It's a sort of GPS for our life. Reflection allows us to check in on where we are and where we're headed. But it doesn't come naturally. It's awkward at first and it takes effort. But there's nothing better than knowing you're headed in the right direction. Even if the journey is difficult, it's a lot easier to find health, joy, and peace of mind when you know you're on the right road. All right, well, Dr. Chris Hawley, thank you so much for coming in and talking with us about CD Health, about our partnership, and all the exciting things that we've got going on. Appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me, and thanks for keeping it fun. I, I love it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Christine Sisko, thank you for being with me this morning. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So this is pretty exciting. Um, before we jump into uh, CD and the part that you're playing in it, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, what do you do here at the County Office of Education? My goodness. Okay, what do I do here? Mm. Is there is there a title for like jack of all trades? Kind of. Okay, I think that's Assistant Superintendent of Instructional Support Services. Okay. So I get the privilege of working with a bunch of passionate and talented people who support students, teachers, districts in the work that they do, the initiatives that they have, and we just try to make them get to the point that they're continuously improving their practices so that we can make the environment, the learning environment, the best we can for kids. So I get to support that. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit because now we're just gonna talk about one aspect of your job. Right. And so let's talk about kind of the, the social emotional learning piece of it um, and how that has evolved in what we are currently doing with CD Health and with this LifeGuard initiative. So maybe just for folks watching, kind of what is social emotional learning when, when people just kind of hear that out there? As educators, we get it because mm -hmm. it's, it's part of our jargon, but maybe just elaborate a little bit and, and clarify kind of what we're talking about. If I was going to talk to, say, parents, I would think I would define social-emotional learning as taking care of the whole child, making sure that they are feeling safe, making sure that they know how to make good decisions, um, critical thinking skills, problem solving, so that it lends to the whole health of the student, mm -hmm. not just the academics, not just the standards that we need to teach but making sure that they are able to take risks academically or solve problems with a counselor or have a trusted friend, a safe place to go. So the social-emotional learning can come in the form of um, graham crackers in the bottom drawer of your desk. I used to keep those for my first graders so if they didn't have snack, mm -hmm. I had a little something to feed them. Um, all the way to them sharing the fact that their dog just had puppies and being able to share that with somebody and be excited for them and with them. And it ultimately builds strong relationships. And that speaks to the social emotional health of our kids. Right, and part of the issue that we've struggled with, because a lot of our districts are doing a lot, let's say, you know, they've got different initiatives to address relationship building, social emotional learning, making kids feel safe at school and that you know they feel welcomed and that they have positive relationships with at least you know one other adult right on campus but um, one of the things that we've struggled with is how do you how do you measure if those programs if those initiatives are even working so 
Working with you, I also know you love data. I do. <laughs> in, a, in a weird way, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So I'm glad that I'm glad that you're there. Um, but this whole um, idea that having a, a, a method um, or a tool is even a better way to put it. Having a tool to measure these initiatives that are out there and to gauge the overall health mental well-being and health of our kids is hugely important. So what have you discovered about this lifeguard initiative that allows districts, or for our, in our case, mm -hmm. the County Office of Education, to actually measure uh, mental health and of our kids? So traditionally, and this is the, the hard part, um, traditionally we, we would have like a survey, like a healthy kids survey. It comes out once every two years. Kids answers these questions, families answer these questions and then you get this data that tells you how things were. They don't tell you how things are now or which direction to go in. So that, I kind of call it autopsy data. Mm -hmm. You know, you can look at it after it's already passed. But we haven't had anything to really measure like the here and now. And as a classroom teacher and, well, all school personnel, principals, counselors, you know, office staff, we were always having to guess and judge how kids were doing. So with the lifeguard initiative, what's so exciting is we're gonna actually have formative assessment data, real time, see, this is where I get excited, mm -hmm. real time live data that we can look at and see how are students doing in their energy, direction, belonging, and joy? How are they um, being affected by the initiatives that we've put into place? What is the data showing us? And then use that data to make decisions. Should we continue? to focus on that certain initiative or use that curriculum? Or do we need to take a different tack with it mm -hmm. and figure out what to do next? And this can be for individual students, for student subgroups, for whole student groups. I mean, so there's this really beautiful way of looking at real-time data and being able to make those decisions. So I think, I think the other bonus is the fact that we've integrated with ARIES. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So absolutely. So all all school districts of any size um, all have what is referred to as a student information system. And there are several really big ones. You know, there's Aries, there's PowerSchool, there's Infinite Campus, there's, you know, a variety. But you're right. What is really exciting is, you know, students will be able to check in daily and perhaps, you know, at a junior high or high school level multiple times a day so that teachers can see in real time how kids are doing with what we talked about before, right? That energy, direction, belonging, and joy. Um, so that's fantastic to have it integrated um, onto your student information system. In our case, it's ARIES. Um, but talk to me a little bit more about the dashboard development that has, that has taken place as well. That is amazing. So with ARIES, you know, we can, as we take attendance, we can see how that student checked in that day. So as a classroom teacher, that's just brilliant. I can go and make a connection and make sure that the relationship is strong and help take care of a student in the moment. But the dashboard, that one is completely amazing because as a system now, so we think of a school district as a system, um, we can see systematically how things are going for students across our whole district with their energy, direction, belonging, and joy, or we can narrow it down to a school, to a classroom, to a student. And not only can we see their core values or trends in core values, which works 
beautifully with figuring out relationships with staff. Mm -hmm. But we also get to see their energy direction belonging and joy on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis to see trends. We also get to see their lifestyle practices and how are they doing with things like nutrition and exercise? Are they feeling safe in their environments? So being able to um, focus in or broaden our focus to see those trends is something that we've never been able to do before. And to be able to have that as a classroom teacher or as a school leader, mm -hmm. I'm gonna have the finger of, on the pulse of my culture and climate. And I've never been able to do that. Well, that is great. Thank you so much, Christine Sisko. Oh, for, you're welcome, thank you for, for having me. Yeah, absolutely, it's been great, it's been great.